0: Over the last four Sundays, we've looked at and studied four songs, uh, lyrics found in uh, the Book of Luke. Songs and lyrics of the angels, of Mary, of Zechariah and Simeon, and I, uh, we hope that that has been of help to you in celebrating Christmas 2018. And this morning, we're con- we're going to consider another song. Your song. Your song, Christian. It's a song of the redeemed. And the idea behind this is that it's your life song. All of us have some sort of uh, thing with a certain kind of music, right? Um, Having moved from Southern California up to little old Fallon America, I realized, after having spent many years with Michael Parrish, that the idea was uh, that it was all about country music up here. <laughs> and he could name any song you threw at him. He, he knew it. He, he had it. For those that don't uh, remember, Mike uh, served as Latigo on Latigo Trails on the old Kahog radio station. And... Um, so he is quite the uh, music song title buff and and being able to share songs out of nowhere. But um, what we're wanting to do is consider the fact that we're looking at 2019 uh, coming at us this week. We've got to work on a song. And you're thinking, hey, here's a song leader up here What's it going to do? I'm going to make you sing. (laughs) No, I'm not going to make you sing. Uh, um, What we want to do is understand that um, our life song is important. You have a life song. I have a life song. Are you singing it? Just like last week with Simeon. we, We talked of Simeon as being an instrument in God's hands. Who is playing Simeon? Who is playing him? Well, in that story, we know God was playing Simeon as His instrument to give God glory and to give God praise. And so now we, we turn it a little bit and say, "What song are you singing?" Because it's a life song. It's in response to our Creator. I say that um, in a very important way that it, He is our Creator. You stop and think of the vast way in which God has created things. It is amazing. And the Bible doesn't give us one way to sing. You know, there's lots of ways to sing a song of praise. I'm glad for that creativity. I'm glad that there's more colors than red and blue. I'm glad that there's more uh, trees than just an elm tree or a, a palm tree even or whatever. There's creativity behind God's creation. And all of us need to just stop and let that sink in and then thank Him for the way He is in that. And so it's in response to our Creator. This song is in response to the songwriter. He is the songwriter. It's in response to the great Orchestrator. He orchestrates things. It's a song that's in response to the great conductor. He's conducting it. And when we are being conducted elsewhere by something or someone else, we're out of pitch. We're out of tune. You get that? It's only when the Lord Jesus is conducting our lives, directing our lives, that the music is... Truly beautiful. So, I might just bust out in song here uh, at different points. And so, just deal with it, okay? (laughs) The first, and I'm I'm trying, I want to try to prove a point. For instance, turning your Bible to, we get our kicks from root... There we go. Psalm 66. Here we go. Hey, it's true. You know so many songs and lyrics that you don't know what to do with it all. And some of them aren't very good lyrics. But here is a song of the redeemed. Psalm 66. Christian, this is... One of your songs, one of your life songs right here, Psalm 66. And you can follow along on your outline. And um, uh, we've broken it up into stanzas, not points. First stanza, second stanza, third, fourth, fifth stanzas that we're going to track along with here. Our first stanza, verses 1 through 4, follow along with me. In your Bible, uh, um, if you don't have one, it's... The Pew Bible is page 480. 480 in your Pew Bible. Psalm 66. Shout for joy to God all the earth. Sing the glory of His name. Give to Him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies come cringing to you. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. And they sing praises to your name. Selah. So our first stanza is praise Him for who He is. Now that's a basic elementary point. Praise Him for who He is. Alright? This is where we start. We start with God, not with me. We start with God, not with us. We start with God, not some new popular book or whatever. You know, we start with God not anyone else. Our praise, uh, we are called to shout and be joyful to God. Now, I can shout pretty easily. And maybe some of you think I'm shouting too much uh, when I preach or something. (laughs) But, you and I, as believers, are called to shout and be joyful unto God. Not for All of His blessings were not there yet. For what? For who He is. For who He is. And notice it's saying it's a call to all the earth. All the earth, right? Shout to God for joy. Then letter B. Sing His glory. Sing to Him. I've had a number of people say, well, I, I can't sing. And I see up front here a number of people not singing. You don't have to sing for me. That's not the point. But guess what? The Bible says sing. Sing to Him. You say, now, oh, I, but I can't sing right notes. God's not concerned about you hitting the right note. He wants you to sing. Okay? So <laughs> Yeah, we, we haven't gotten to make a joyful noise verse. So he's saying, Sing. Shout, be joyful to God, let her be, sing his glory. Sing the glory of his name. His name is all about who he is. It te- his name tells us who he is. It's why you are created. Whether you're a Christian or not, you are created for God's glory. Okay? Uh, Man's chief end is to what? Glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Okay? Glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And that's why it's so important, my friend, that you and I understand more and more about God's attributes. That's another way to say His name. His attributes, his name, his attributes tell us of who he is, okay? So, it's a great thing to do with your children. Just start asking, let's start with the alphabet. A, give me something that, you know, tells us about God with the letter A. Letter B, it go all the way through the alphabet. I think I mentioned this before. You can cheat on X and Z, okay? Okay? You can just say he's excellent. But get your children rolling in that and gaining momentum with who God is. Do it at the dinner table. Do it at the breakfast table. Do it on the way to Reno or whatever. Talk about God and who he is. Okay? And then keep reminding yourself of those attributes. So notice here. It says, sing the glory of his name. So, um, the argument that I can't sing, we guess what? We are all singers. If you hear your favorite country western me, uh, song on the radio, you will start singing. Maybe it's inside your head. You're, oh, I don't know. I don't know a country western song to sing now. But you'll, you will. You'll start singing it. If I had a list of commercial jingles, right now I could start throwing them out which I don't have any now, but I could start throwing them out and you'd be right with me. Why? Because those just stick like mud on your, on your brain. They're designed like that. Why? Because that advertiser wants you hooked on that product. I can still remember the old Burger King theme. Have it your way, have it your way. That's old. <laughs> but you know what? That was Burger King. You know? I don't know the other ones. We're not going there. So, but the, <clears throat> listen. We are all created to be singers. Truth is, God designed you to sing and gave you everything you need to sing. As well as He wants you to... That doesn't mean you're going to be next to Pavarotti standing on the platform singing an Italian duet with him. But you need to sing. So, and some, by the way, I want to show you these. Um, some of these thoughts and, uh, for, and statements are coming from books that I have. Um, one is by Paul David Tripp, Ah, It's about worship. Get it. Another one, Created to Praise... Created to Praise by Derek Prime. And finally, uh, one that is a real popular one now called Sing. How Worship Transformed Your Life, Your Family and the Church by Kristen and Keith Getty. Okay? Very good resources. And uh, the Gettys say this in their book, He is far less concerned with your tunefulness than your, uh, than your integrity. Christian singing begins with the heart, not with the lips. Singing and making melody with your heart unto the Lord. That, my friend, is Ephesians 5.19. Singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Listen, music and singing in just a big general sense are incredible tools. As I've just mentioned with advertising and such. I want you to stop and think, what would Star Wars be without any music track? You know, without the music, it's nothing. It's just little toys on a black backdrop going around on strings or something. I don't know. Think of Jaws without that music. and And what does it do? It stimulates us. It gets our emotions going. And those are secular things, my friend. What about spiritual music? So it's a whole range of emotions being stirred up within us. And most, like I've implied already, most of us already, you know, they, we can remember words to songs we haven't even heard in 20 years. And you hear it on the radio and all of a sudden you're singing 20 years ago, 30 years, 5 years ago, 10 years, whatever. But can we pull to mind a scripture passage and recite it? Why is that? There's something about music. Okay? So, that's sing to His glory. Letter C under number one is just say it. Say it to Him. Say what? How awesome you are, oh God. Tell God that. Tell God how awesome He is. You know... You know this, parents, when you tell your child, well done, very good job, very good, I'm so proud of you, you're praising him or her, you're praising that child, you know? You don't walk up and say, I praise you, y- you don't say that, you walk up and say, that was very good, way to go, you are complimenting, your and you're building them up, That's there's praise, And so say it to God. Don't just think it. Say it out loud. How awesome are your deeds? Not just lip service. That's more like what God's enemies end up doing, as you notice there in verse 3. So great is your power that your enemies come cringing to you. There's kind of a a fake uh, submission uh, implied there. And many people, you know, in, um, I shouldn't say it, many. There's some examples of that where we have people that come and make profession of faith because of some other reason. Not because of truly wanting to bow to the lordship of Jesus Christ. It's for some other reason that they're doing it. But we don't want to give lip service to God. That's just phony. Phony stop and think of it for yourself. Is that something that you can tend to do? I know we get into uh, Christian, Christian lingo all the time. Oh, yeah, praise the Lord. Oh, I'll pray for you. And it's, it's, a lot of times it's just because we've got it in our heads, in our minds, it's just like lip service. I've said I'll pray for you plenty of times to people, and I've learned over the years I better go write that down and then do it. I can write it down, and it 's still lip service i better need, I need to write it down and then go do it. Pray for John billet. pray for Nancy Crawford. Pray for these people. so let 's be alert to that in our lives. This opening call to worship in verses one through four has a strong futuristic uh, emphasis to it it 's saying Look at this. It's saying, shout for joy to God all the earth. Well, you and I know that's a stretch, right? That's not happening now. So it's it's really pointing ahead to the thousand-year reign of Christ is what I believe it's really pointing to. Where he will reign over the nations. And we will. See, all the earth worship God. Okay. Okay, that's the first stanza. You're called to to, um, shout and be joyful to God. Sing His glory and say it to Him. Second stanza. Praise Him for what He's done. Verses 5 through 7. Come and see what God has done. Verse 5. He is awesome in His deeds toward the children of men. Example. Verse 6, He turned the sea into dry land, and they passed through the river on foot. There's two examples. And there did we rejoice in Him, the result of His work. We rejoice in Him. Him who rules by His might forever, whose eyes keep watch on the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Selah. So, second stanza is praise Him for what He's done. Letter A, praise Him for... Uh, praise Him for delivering His people. Simple. Delivering His people, verses 5 and 6. And under letter A, it's a matter of delivering them out of Egypt, out of bondage, through the Red Sea, and then into the Promised Land. It's twofold deliverance. Out of Egypt and into the Promised Land. Out of Egypt, obviously, is the most familiar or the most... Uh, famous display of God's power. That's what we see time and time again. Reference to oh, th- remember what he did back in Exodus. Back in Egypt. Here's the Exodus. God's power brought them out. That's referred to many times throughout the scriptures. And it's the famous display of God's power overwhelming man's greatest empire at the time. Mankind's greatest empire at the time, the Egyptian empire, their army, all that. God was like, this is nothing. I can handle this. Trust me, is what God's saying in that. So it's a great illustration of being enslaved to sin, being enslaved to a kingdom of spiritual darkness, and God wants His children to remember His power and His way of deliverance out of that. His way of deliverance out of that was, don't forget it, the shed blood of that Passover lamb. And that's pointing to the the, Passover, the, the lamb of God, Jesus. Don't, don't separate those. You, you keep those connected that way. Well, he also delivered his people into the promised land, across the river. He took them across the river on dry land. And here's a famous display of God's mercy and grace towards a stubborn people. Right? He showed His patience to the people of Israel. And He kept His word. God is a promise-keeping God. Listen, we many of us remember the promise-keeper movement. And I, I kind of, you know, in my mind, I, after talking to some brothers in the Lord, it's like, I, I get it. We want to be... We want to be promise keepers, but am I? He's the promise keeper. Don't forget that. He's the promise keeper. He keeps His word. Okay, so um, then letter B, we praise Him for His watch care over the nations. His watch care over the nations. Here, it, it comes in with His sovereignty. He rules by His might forever. His eyes keep watch on the nations. And then this little warning. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. You know what? That's every one of our... You know, each one of us, that's our problem. In one way or another, to one degree or another, I'm exalting myself or you're exalting yourself. Unless we're being led by the Spirit and walking in His ways. Or I can you know, go with the, the ways of the flesh. The ways of the flesh, I'm going to exalt myself in one way or another. Romans chapter 3, you can jot that down as a reference, uh, declares whatever the law says, it's, uh, it speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be closed and all the world may become accountable to God. Listen, all of us are guilty under the law. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's what we've broken. We've broken that, we transgressed that law. And so we need to be called back to the idea that, you know what? God is sovereign. We're accountable to Him. Let's not be guilty of further rebellion or exalting ourselves before God. third stanza on the back of your outline the third stanza is we praise him for the process we praise him for the process verses 8 through 12 read along with me bless our god O peoples let the sound of his praise be heard who has kept our soul among the living and has not let our has not let our feet slip For you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You have brought us into the net. You laid a crushing burden on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. Yet, you have brought us out to a place of abundance. We praise Him for the process. And that process is sanctification. It's you getting transformed more and more into the image of your Savior, Jesus. Really, those first two was the issue of salvation. It's about God. Salvation is of the Lord. And then His work to bring about salvation. And now here's this next aspect of salvation in the third stanza, our sanctification. Letter A. You can follow along in this and this passage. Um, look at verse ten. You, O God, have tested us. Letter A is that He authenticates your faith, and He does so by testing. Okay, with tests that is. Peter says in, in chapter one, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, says that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus. God's got a process working in you and I as a believer, and it's so that our faith would result in praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus. It's through tests and through trials. James chapter 1. Count it all joy, brethren, when you encounter various trials. Knowing that the testing of your your faith produces endurance. God's really good at this. We are not. We don't like the tests. Especially, you know, as I get older. It's like, aren't the tests supposed to get easier as you get older? But listen, God is faithful. Letter B, under number three. He displays His power in your frailties. Okay? Verse 11 and 12 says, You brought us into the net. You laid a crushing burden on our backs. You, you let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. It's being, implying that being caught or trapped like an animal in a net... They're caught, they're tripped up. So are we. Bearing a heavy burden, an oppressive burden laid upon our loins, our our midsection. And note who's doing that? Doesn't say the enemy, does it? It says, You, O God, you, O God. You've brought us into the net. You lay an oppressive burden upon our loins. You made men ride over our heads, just like an oncoming army that Israel faced. Attacking army coming into Jerusalem. Taking over Israel. Things like that. But God displays His power through weakness, doesn't He? That's what Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 12. So he proves his power. He's not going to forsake his children. Okay? And then letter C, under number three, he proves his faithfulness time and time again. He proves his faithfulness. There's a lot of times where we, we let that slip out of our thinking out of our minds. You know, something happened and God's not there. I don't feel like God's near me or blessing me. Is that true according to God's attributes? You wipe that thought out. You kick that thought out. You don't let that depression settle in. You need to say, no, God is here. I don't feel it. I'm not going by my feelings today. I'm going by faith today. Now I can get riled up about that, and I know it's it's tough sometimes. The the feelings take over. I know, but that's why we need the scriptures on a regular basis to wash over our thoughts and our our intentions. Wash it wash over our minds. Right. Under number C, uh, letter C, through all of those things that. He just mentioned. He keeps His Word. He keeps His promise because He is the true and faithful One. What does verse 12 say? You brought us out into a place of abundance. Now, we have the the Old Testament and the New Testament. The revelation from God. This is God's Word and God's message to you and me. Right? So we have an advantage over guys like Simeon, Zecharias. They didn't see the big picture. We see it because we've got the Word, the completed, finished Word. So what is that place of abundance? You know, we might think that's the promised land. Well, yeah, that's true. But there's another meaning to it, I believe, and that is not even heaven. We ought to look forward to heaven, but it's not even that. It's beyond that. It's Jesus. He is the place of abundance for you. He is the true satisfaction, the true delight of your soul. So we need to praise Him for being trustworthy, even in the darkest moment, my friend. God is trustworthy, He is faithful. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Right? Morning by morning, new mercies I see. You sing that song, my friend. I don't think we'll ever get sick of that song. Sing it. Fourth stanza. Praise Him with true resolve. Verse 13 and 15. Look at this. I will come into your house with burnt offerings. I will perform my vows to you, that which my lips uttered and my mouth promised when I was in trouble. I will offer to you burnt offerings of fattened animals with the smoke of the sacrifice of rams. I will make an offering of bulls and goats. Selah. This is a where we praise Him with true resolve to do the right things. Letter A... We praise Him for God-given convictions and desires. That's God's work in you to help you to do what you know is the right thing to do. Letter B. We praise Him for His help in time of trouble. You know the old foxhole confessions? What are the foxhole confessions? God, I'll do anything for you if you get me out of this mess. Well, we we say those a lot of times. That happens a lot. Because we are not schooled in a lot of the issues of life that we face and that we find ourselves in. Psalm 46, verse 1. Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and our strength. He's a what? Very present help in time of trouble. He is a help in time of trouble and we praise Him. And then letter C, you know, it's the idea that, oh, we've got to cover all these um, things that the psalmist wrote. I will come in. I will perform. I will offer to you burnt offerings and all this. I will make an offering of bulls and goats. Well, guess what? Here's another area that you and I fail in. And so letter C is for Jesus. We praise God for Jesus, our perfect and final sacrifice are perfect. Nothing needs to be added there, my friend. All the things that he the psalmist mentions here, that had to keep on happening, keep on happening. That was the, the Judaistic way. That was the, the rituals that they had to keep going in. I'll come into your house with burnt offerings. that got to happen in 2019 again, 2020. It, had, it keep, keeps happening. It's not because of our religious service resume. It's not because of our attendance record. It's not because of our accomplishments. It's not for what we have offered up or sacrificed no matter how costly it's been. He, here the psalmist has been given a very costly sacrifice. Fattened animals. See that? Um, the, The sacrifice of rams. I will make an offering of bulls and goats... This was a costly act of sacrifice. Really what the Scriptures point us to is that nothing will match our Savior's perfect work. Nothing. So let all believers run to this. In Romans 12, to be a living sacrifice for our God. That's what the New Testament you know, moves to and points to. Are you a living sacrifice? That's what Paul is writing there under the inspiration of the Spirit. Be a living sacrifice. And then Hebrews 13, 15. Jot it down. Hebrews 13, 15. Through him, then, let us continually, without a break, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of lips that give thanks to His name. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. So, that's the the fourth stanza there. The fifth stanza, verses 16 through 20. Praise Him for His mercy and love. Praise Him for His mercy and love. And love. It's the invitation to hear a personal testimony. That's what it comes to. Remember what it started? All the earth starts at the beginning. All the earth, praise him, worship him. And now it comes right down to do you have a personal testimony? Because the psalmist is giving that example to us. Your personal testimony matters. Praise him for his love and mercy. It's the invitation to uh, to hear a personal testimony. Here's what that testimony is about, I believe. Letter A, for His initiating love. For His initiating love. Verse 16 and 17, He says, Come and hear all you who fear God, and I will tell you what He has done for my soul. I cried to Him with my mouth, and high praise was on my tongue. You know, there's certain things in our lives that are gifts from God. And they are very high in our priorities. Um, I love, you know, I, I meet with uh, Dale White and Mark Robertson, and uh, we, I think it needs to be called Grandpa Boasting Time. We love we love each other, and we pray, and, but you know what? We, we can get easily sidetracked talking about what is very precious and dear to us, and that is our grandchildren. We talk about our wives a little bit, but, <laughs> but I think um, this is an example of what is very precious to us, okay? It's a part of what, what do you really love? And we learn through trial and error, through processes of life, that we are called to love God above all else. That means your children, your spouse, and your grandchildren, and anything else to love God above all else. I've not arrived yet, have you? But I want to I join with people that, that do that want to go in that route, that go in that pathway of let's love the Lord. So being able to share how you know God loves you. Jesus loves me. This I know we've heard that song ever since we were born. It's just words a lot of times. Just words. Superficial understanding. But look at what he's saying there. Come and hear all you who fear God and I will tell you what He has done for my soul. That's digging deep down. I want to tell you what God's done for my soul. It's not at all a superficial work. It's a heavenly work, a divine work of God's love and grace for you to be able to say, here's how I know God loves me. Letter B. Not just His initiating love, but His sanctifying love. We kind of touched on that before. But this is verses 18 and 19. We've heard this verse before. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But truly, God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. God's committed to changing you, believer. He's committed to changing you. Yes, we come to Him as we are we discover his amazing love, but make no mistake about it, he will not leave us that way. He doesn't want to leave you the way you came to him. He wants to develop and conform you into the image of his son, Jesus. So, here's the verse, so if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. You say, well, that's just about prayer. No, that's about love. You admit your sin to Him. You don't harbor it. And that's what He's saying. If I regard iniquity in my heart, if I harbor it in my heart, kind of cover it up, you can't cover anything up from God. And so don't regard iniquity or wickedness in our hearts. Because it says, he, he will not hear me. He wants, God wants His children to reflect Get this, He wants us to reflect a hatred and disdain for sin. Not just from the preacher, He wants you, Christian, to hate sin. He wants you and I to abstain from evil, abstain from sin. He wants you and I to admit and to confess our sin. He already knows about it. But you, need, you and I need to agree with God about our sin. God wants His children to recognize and to acknowledge that sin breaks our communion with God. Breaks our fellowship with God. It doesn't mean we've lost our salvation. We need to remember that our sin grieves the Holy Spirit of God. And that in Christ you have been freed from the domination and the damnation of sin. You've been freed from it. Why keep going back to the old chains? Let's look at it that way. Let her see. We praise Him for His unfailing love. Let her see. His unfailing love. Yes, these last verses highlight the great importance of prayer and how it is an essential segment of life. An essential segment of worship. Okay, We all like the idea of worship. Yeah, let's worship. But worship is your life. That's the, the, the description over your life. You're a worshiper. And so that's how God wants us to live throughout the week. And prayer is really that aspect of Here's communication with the Father, and that is out of, here's the work that he's done. Initiating love, sanctifying love, and now I'm going to, I want to talk to him about these things. Because I know he's the one to go to. I still, uh, we've maintained holding on to old letters from college days. I still have a box of letters that Noreen sent me while I was on gospel team. Traveling all over the western United States. I tell you, I enjoyed the camps, but you know, I enjoyed, I loved getting letters from my girlfriend at the time. God loves to hear from you, child of God. And the more that you are doing that, the more there's that mutual love, a love for God. It's our communication to God as our Father, as the one who really loves us. So, this is about, this psalm, um, it finishes in verse 20 by saying, Blessed be God, because He has not rejected my prayer or removed His steadfast love from me. When you're facing trials and tribulations and, and tests and, uh, and difficulties, are you remembering this? Can you say to yourself, God's not removed His Steadfast love from me. Unless I've regarded iniquity in my heart, is that what's happening? Then confess it. Get things made right with your your Lord. Okay? As we wrap this up, Jesus is the great singer. Jesus is the great singer. And we follow his pattern. Keith Getty in his book, Sing, quotes a a statement from Paul David Tripp. They borrow from each other. But here's what he says. Paul David Tripp saying, God is the ultimate musician. His music transforms your life. The notes of redemption rearrange your heart and restore your life. His songs of forgiveness, grace, reconciliation, truth, hope, Sovereignty and love give you back your humanity and restore your identity. My friend, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you need to remind yourself of your identity in Christ. And what He has done. It's all about amazing grace. And then worship is the business of the church. In proclamation and praise. Worship is the business of the church in proclamation and in praise. It's got to be proclamation because we aren't worshiping based on our feelings. If we're doing that, then we're going to be, you know, trying all sorts of new stuff to get riled up about worship. But the, the revelation of God is given already. And it tells us about worship. It instructs us how to worship. So, that's what you and I need in our life song is proclamation and praise. Proclamation that is Scripture rich. Right? Praise to God for who He is and what He's done. One more thing. I, I need to mention this. this is very important. I, earlier I mentioned that music and singing are incredible tools. Music and singing to God's glory, is a weapon of warfare in the spiritual realm. Don't you forget that. And you, you have music going on. At, you, if you can have music going on at the office or at home, do it. Okay? Do that. Have music that's going to be honoring and exalting to God. You watch what that change will bring. The enemy hates godly music. The enemy hates Hymns and praises to God that glorify and exalt Him. So, the last statement here, does your praise flow from your comfort zone? Where you're happy with? Your happy zone? Is that where your praise comes from? Only when things go my way, (laughs) we're going by our feelings if we do that. That's wrong. We need to go by faith in what God tells us in his word that just gushes forth with truth about who God is and why he's worthy of our praise. Well, there are so many um, blessings in having a life song that honors God. And again, one last thing with little children at home. If you're not singing with them, start singing with them. Sing with your family. You don't have to make the choir or whatever. You just start singing with them. There's all sorts of resources. And then start singing yourself that lift up praise to God and may this year that we're looking at now, 2019, be one that Here's our life song. Casting Crowns wrote this song. I think it was Casting Crowns. They wrote the song. May the words I say and the things I do make my life song sing, bring a smile to you. Let my life song sing to You. I want to sign Your name, O God, to the end of this day, knowing that my heart was true. Let my life song sing to You. Lord, You are worthy of our praise and we thank You for the salvation that is in Jesus alone. Lord, help us to be people that praise Your name and use Scripture in doing that. Lord, we so easily get taken off the road, uh, walking with You, we so easily get distracted and detoured. Help us, dear Lord, with Your Word hidden and treasured treasured in our hearts that we would uh, respond to life situations with praise so that wherever we are, people would know that we are trusting in You and praising Your name. Thank you, Lord, for the psalm, and thank you for your good work in our lives. Help us to glorify you today, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll have a couple up front that uh, we'll pray if you want to have somebody to pray for you. Um, So take it.